Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. Amen. Go ahead and go with me to um, uh, Colossians, please. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I pray that your words would be mine and mine would be yours. I pray that we would have understanding in this season and in this time. God, give us uh, ears that we may hear. Give us understanding that we may go forward with the fullness of what you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen? Now, tonight's going to be just a very interesting night. Look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. He's probably going to call on you. Ooh, got quiet on that one. (laughs) Bring it on. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Colossians, sorry, I'm trying to find, I'm sorry, Philippians, I told you wrong. That's why I'm looking for it. I'm like, where's Philippians at? I said Colossians. Uh, Philippians, I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. Now, I want to go ahead and I want to start out with something because I want us to look at this and I want us to understand that in this season and in this time, you are loved by the Lord. The Lord loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. He is for you. And He has good things in store for you. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord wants to bless you. Now, you've got to understand that. You've got to be okay with that. You've got to be, you be at peace to be able to say that, okay, the Lord really wants to bless me. What does that look like? What does it look like when the Lord blesses you? What is it, what's the difference between a blessing from the Lord and a promotion from the world? That's something. Because the blessing from the Lord is eternal, and there, and there is no sorrow with it. But the promotion with the world brings greed and gain. So you have to be so careful what you're getting into. You have to be so careful that you understand. And so what happens is there's going to be opportunities right now that's going to be moving forward where the church is going to be presented, th- presented things to where they could actually kind of give a little here or give a little there. And what they're trying to, the world's trying to do is, is trying to get compromise in our life. And when the church begins to compromise, we're no longer built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, Him being our chief cornerstone, because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Without Him being the truth and the life, our foundation is lost. There, when there is no truth, and there is no life, and there is no way, then what happens is we have lost our way. So the church has got to stay anchored in truth. Say, in truth. When the church stays anchored in truth, we stay ready for the seasons ahead, and we understand, I'm not going to stop no matter what. So, we have to understand this. We've come through tremendous seasons. We've come through some tremendous victories. We've come through some losses. We've come through some battles. We've got the scars to prove it. But what we have also is we've also got to realize we have a future ahead of us. Amen? So our life is not done. Time is not up. God's not back yet. We've got to keep pressing on. So we have to move forward in the things of God so that we can go on into the next season that God has for us. So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on for that which I may, that which, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you something. Is your call part of your prize? Yes. What is your call? Do you know that you're, let me put this, let me back up. 
Do you know that the calling of God on your life is not just one big thing? The calling on your life is daily. The calling of God, the destiny of God is for you to fulfill out your life in Him daily. What does that look like? It looks different for everybody. Sometimes it's just literally beginning to share your faith with someone when you're in the checkout line. Sometimes it's hearing someone's problems and praying for them. Sometimes it's being able to raise up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord and teaching them the good things of God. Sometimes it's by ministering to your spouse. Sometimes it's by ministering to your neighbors. Sometimes it's by ministering to those who are all around you at your work or wherever they may be. But here's the truth is that if, the, if we understand that we are called daily, we will press daily. Does that make sense? If, if you are in a basketball game and it's the fourth quarter, okay, you've got, let's say, seven seconds left on the clock. You're down by three. You're down by two, actually. You need a three to win, right? What happens in those seven seconds? Everybody knows you are on the edge of your seat, right? Anybody watch Beverly, Fort Fry play Waterford? So you're on the edge of your seat, right? You are literally hanging on and you're watching and they're running down the court and all this stuff's going on and you're like, make the shot, make the shot. And you can see that they're on a, you know, they're doing a full uh, full court press and they're trying to press against them and they're trying to, the defense is really rocking out and you're like, just make the shot. Well, see, that's kind of what happens if we understand that same kind of tenacity is what you need throughout your day. Look at your neighbor and say, we need some grit. We need some tenacity. So you, you need that now. You need that now more than ever. You've got to have a fight within you. You've got to have a fight to keep moving forward. Because each day is going to present its problems. But you are a problem solver. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So you look at this and you understand. I'm not going down, I'm going through. The Lord's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to trust in him and all that I do, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to press on. What am I pressing on toward? So that at the end of my life, when I stand before the Lord, I can have the prize of Jesus. I can have his praise and him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That is my prize. That's your prize. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's your prize. Now, we should, be, we should look for that. We should absolutely look for that. And it goes on here in verse 15. It says, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So to the gr- degree that I've attained, I need to walk in that. To the degree that I've matured in the Lord, I need to walk in that. You need to walk in that. Not out of legalism, but just out of maturity. Again, it doesn't do any good for me to go back to drink a bottle. Right? It doesn't do any good for me to come in here and try to steal one of the bottles from these little babies. Right? That's no good. And then that's so ridiculous to even say so. Well, see, that's what's literally going on. Is that as believers, to the degree that we've matured, we are to walk in that. So that means that we are to press on and we are to keep moving forward. Now, you have to understand that things are actually more eternal than you realize. Do you know that there are things that are happening in eternity that we don't even know about? Let's go to Malachi. Let's go back to that. 
I'm not talking about finances, so everybody can relax. But Malachi, chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. So a book of remembrance was written before the Lord for those who fear him. Do you know that when we press on throughout our day, there is a book of remembrance that is written about you and I? Now, this is not about us becoming so great. This is about God being pleased with us. Does that make sense? This is about God being pleased with us. It goes on here, and it says, So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And then he goes on, and he says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day I, that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who, who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve God. Why am I telling you this? Because the pressures of the world are going to try to get you to compromise. Because the pressures of the world are going to try to get you to give in to rejection or fear or all these different things or panic or anxiety. See, the pressures of the world, they try to get us to compromise in our faith. If people think what's about they're trying to get me to do this or lie here or lie there, yeah, that's part of it. But it's deeper than that. See, the pressures of the world try to get the church to walk in fear or the pressures of the world try to get the church to walk in offense or the pressures of the world try to get the church to, to settle back into rejection and not do anything. Or to settle back into paralysis and not do anything. And so what happens is the Lord is looking for those who are not going to allow the pressures of the world to stop them. But will understand, you've got to press on. Does that make sense? You've got to press on because he is coming back. You know, Jack and I was talking before service. We don't know when he's coming back. It'd be great if he would real soon, but we don't know that. Everybody thinks it'd be great if he would real soon. I mean, that's why the church is like, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Yeah, we'd love for you to come. But the reality is there's a lot of souls that need to be saved. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And the church has got to be ready for this. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like a good laborer in the harvest field. You're a laborer in his harvest field. I'm going to say this over and over and over again until we get this. This is going to be like, you go, I know I'm a laborer in the harvest field. And then one time you're going to go witness to someone, and it's going to catch, and you're going to be like, holy cow, I'm a laborer in the harvest field. And I'll be like, praise the Lord, right? Why? Because it's so important that we understand. Because here's the reality. We want to be the ones who serve the Lord. I'm going to honor him with my whole life. I'm going to honor him with everything that I do. I'm going to honor him with everything that I am. I'm going to go after God. I'm going to press on, and I'm going to keep moving forward. And just because I've made it through one day doesn't mean I've, I've arrived. It means that I'm continuing to press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I press on. I press on knowing that there's something more that God has for me to do. I press on knowing that even the battles of today are still going to be the victories of tomorrow for me. I press on knowing that no matter what takes place, I know that he's on my side. I press on that no matter who says what about me, my God is for me. I press on that no matter what kind of fear tries to come against me, I know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. 
I know that when those things begin to happen, I'm going to walk out in the faith of the one who saved me, the author and the finisher of my faith, so that I can, so I can attain what he has for me. I don't know about you, but I would like to be a jewel for the Lord. A vessel of honor fit for the master's use. Now, see, it's very interesting to me. Do you know that we all know that there are, there are uh, um, um, imitation jewelry? There's imitation jewelry. Imitation stones. People think, well, that's a real diamond. And then they come to find out it's not a real diamond, right? I found this one stone one time, and I was like, I was in my, I was in my, my grandpa's old house. My grandpa had, had gone home to be with the Lord. And we just, the old house was still standing. So as kids, we just kind of went in the old house, and we played on the steps. We, it was 1980. We were all ninjas, just so you know. Nobody doubts that we were ninjas. So we were jumping up and down the steps. We fell a couple steps, found out those hurt, and all this stuff takes place. We were in this house, and we found this, we found this uh, pendant that had this stone, and we were little kids. And we thought for sure we found ourselves a diamond. Now, we knew that we was going to buy a mansion and an estate that we could have a ninja training camp on. And we knew that we were going to do all these things, and it's going to be awesome. And we, we, we found this diamond, and I mean, we were just so excited. We actually found a, another box, so we, and it had a bunch of old pictures, so we emptied it all out, and Dad was like, you did what? But we emptied it out. We took the box, and we buried the box. And we forgot where we buried it. We knew it was somewhere, but we couldn't figure out where we buried it. But we later went back and we found it. And I said, Dad, I think there's, I was a little couple years older. I said, Dad, yeah, there was this stone in there. I don't know if it was real or not. And he's like, well, you find that box, get me the stone. And so we went out one day, we found the box. We, we brought the box back. We gave Dad the stone. And Dad's like, it's not real. See, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the one that's not real for the Lord. I want to be the one that's real. The way that you can tell is that when light shines through a diamond is that it actually shines. Well, this stone was absolutely fake. And I don't know about you, but there's enough fake Christians out there. I'm not condemning anyone, just saying there's enough fake Christians out there. I don't want to be a fake Christian. Not that I don't have my faults. Just because you're going after the Lord doesn't mean you're perfect. I'm going to have my faults. You're going to have yours, but let's go after him. Amen. So we have to keep moving. We have to keep reaching forward. So uh, Philippians 3 says, it says this. It says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I press on that I, may, uh, that I may press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It says, reaching forward to the things ahead. I'm reaching forward to the things ahead. I want to be able to be a jewel in his crown. That when, when he comes and he begins to read his book, that he, he reads this and he finds that there were those who feared the Lord and spoke to one another. So when we're talking about God, when we have our conversations, and I don't mean, we're talk, like, you, know, there, you know how there are those people who talk about God, but they only use his name when they're mad? Y'all look like you're shell-shocked. It's all right. This is the world we live in. But what happens is, is that those who talk about the Lord, 
those who actually go and begin to talk about the things of God. He remembers this. He, he, it's written down in heaven about you and I when we talk about God. That's why our conversations about Him should be the kind of conversations that bring us into a place to where, man, we're encountering something real. That's why when we come in here, we're going after an authentic faith, not something that's just kind of a Sunday, Wednesday experience. We want something that goes on beyond that so that when you come in, the depth of your worship is greater than actually the song you could ever sing because the depth of your worship is the experience of the grace of God and the mercy of God on your life so that depth of worship comes from a history with God that depth of worship comes from the times when you didn't think there was any way but yet God made a way those times of worship comes when you've been in those places where you didn't think you would ever be able to get back up out but yet God upheld you those times of worship come when those things those hard seasons have come and you thought I don't know if we're ever going to be able to make it through but yet somehow you're still here with us today that's the depth of worship that can only come when you have have the understanding. I'm not just singing about as I walk through the valley. I'm literally saying I've been there and I understand as I walk through the valley, he's still with me. As I walk through the valley and all these things happen, he's, his presence is still with me. I know it because as I look back, even though I couldn't experience it, even though I couldn't sense it or realize it, I look back and I say, it was only by God that I'm here today. Amen. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That's the kind of faith we're, we're looking for. That's the kind of thing we're, we're building on, folks. So that what happens is when we come along and we start talking about the reality of God, listen, the worst thing that can happen is when you try to play the hypocrite. And what the world pressures you to do is to come to church and act like you've got it perfect. Because unfortunately, religion has crept into the church. The church was always to be about a people who came in and said that only Jesus was the only thing that was good. Only Jesus was the only one that's worthy of worship. Only Jesus is the only one that we can ever adore more than anything. And we love everyone in the process, but man, Jesus, he is amazing. He is awesome. He is altogether beautiful. The fairest of ten thousands. See, when we begin to come in and we begin to talk about that kind of God, when we begin to experience that kind of God in our worship, and we say, we thank you for the seasons in the past and all the things you've done, but man, you are taking us into a place where we've never been. You're taking us into a place where we didn't even know we could go, and you're opening up these doors to us, and these rivers of living water are beginning to flow out of us. See, when this kind of stuff begins to happen. The scriptures become alive and we begin to see, man, I'm pressing on. I'm reaching forward for that which is ahead. I'm going to go after God. Amen. I'm not going to be deterred. I'm not going to stop. I don't care what my emotions say. I don't care what happens. I'm going after God because if I go after God, I will get the fullness of him. And though we may have all the things, though you, you're, you're going to be blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed in your life. Make no mistake about it. And the blessings of God are going to look different for everybody. But you're going to be blessed. Because he loves you. He made covenant with you. And you need to understand that because he made that covenant with you, he wants you to step on in to that. And he wants you to be ready. So let's go ahead and go over to Galatians. Ryan, if you could, please turn up the air in here so it turns off. Thank you, sir. Galatians chapter 5. Look at your neighbor 
and say, God is for you. Now look at your neighbor and say, if God be for me, who could be against me? God is greater than COVID. God is greater than, than the flu. God is greater than the inflation. God is greater than all this other stuff. God is greater. He's greater than everything we will ever face. We have to grab a hold of him and understand it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, we are to be walking in the freedom. You're not under religion. You're not under religion. When I talk about the pressures of the world and how the world will try to get you to compromise, I'm not talking about this from a legalistic perspective of you, have, you better do this or you have to do this or you're not going to be pleasing to God and he's going to be upset with you. I'm talking about this from the aspect of Jesus paid the price for you and I. I'm talking about it from the aspect of being mature, being fully a full age, of being mature in Christ. Because there are those who would, tr- who would tell you, if you don't do it, then you're not a Christian. Here's the reality of it. I'm not talking about whether you're a Christian or not. I'm talking about your maturity in Christ. Your do's and don'ts don't dictate your, your, your Christianity. It is your walk with God. When you stand firm in Him, I'm standing firm in Him. I'm standing firm in what He has done, the liberty that He has given me. In other words, I'm receiving that grace and that love that He gave me on the cross. I'm receiving that grace and that love that He gave me when He resurrected. I'm receiving that love and that grace that He gave me when I got saved. I'm still standing in that liberty that my sins are forgiven and that I am now a new creation in Christ. So I'm not, li- I'm not walking according to religion or according to the world. I'm walking according to the truth. And as I walk according to the truth, I press on. Does that make sense? Am I, am I making sense to everyone? This is yes, this is no. I don't care about what it looks like on a live stream. If I don't make sense to you, tell me, and I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. Is everybody good in here so far? Because your understanding that you don't have to come to a place to these do's and don'ts, it's not that. It's the relationship. When you have the relationship with him and you stand firm in the liberty that is in Christ Jesus, when you stand firm in this liberty, you're stepping into a fullness that, folks, we've never had before. It's not about doing the right thing at the right time for the right person and getting the right reward. It's not that. It's about being who he created you to be, standing firm in the love that he gave you and being settled in that. So many people are not settled in the love of God. And so what happens is when the pressures come on, we begin to waver because we don't know if he loves us. Stand firm in the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. Stand firm that he loves you. You know, Shonda was talking about the things that when we come in, we're singing these songs. He, 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 he wants to pour out his love upon us. And as we mature... You know, just as Becky would say, he wants us to pour out our love on him because we're growing, we're, we're maturing. We're, listen, when we're little and our, baby, our little babies are, are making all kinds of noises and they're cute, we love that. But I don't expect my 18-year-old to make the same kind of noises he made when he was eight months old. Praise the Lord. I mean, I, I, mean, I expect for him to grow. I expect for him to mature. I expect for him to come a full age. So when he comes a full age, the relationship changes 
And now the depth of the relationship is deeper than what we had before because now it's not me just being the parent. Now it's us actually engaging with one another. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to stand firm. So when your back's against the wall, that's why Galatians, or I'm sorry, James would say, count it all, all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Can I tell you one of the things that we're in right now is that we are in a test. Praise the Lord. Sure got quiet. So we are in a test. You and I are in a test right now. Everything that's going on right now in this, in this economy, everything that's going on in the world right now, I mean, we have nations that are literally, people are starving to death, folks. We, we are seeing these tests happen before our eyes, the shakings that are taking place. And so what the Lord is doing is he's looking for a people who are still anchored in him and still pressing on after him. That's what he's looking for. I leave, uh, I leave tonight, and I, I, I travel, I go to uh, Belize here tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be in Belize tomorrow. And one of the things that took place, that's taken place, is that there's been a lot of things happening in these nations where the governments have went against the churches. And these churches, they've had people fall away from the faith because of the, uh, because of the oppression and the, the persecution that they faced. See, here's the reality of it. We have to be so anchored in Him that we're not moved by the situations or circumstances. I, I want us not to be American Christians, even though we're in America. I'm not against the American church, but I'm telling you there's a lack of depth in the American church. There's a lack of proper teaching in the American church. I'm not speaking bad against the bride of Christ. I love the bride of Christ. We need to pray for this. But we ourselves want to make sure that we stand according to the scriptures and that we're not giving in to the sensationalism that takes place. We're not giving in to the, the different, uh, um, all, all the different, uh, uh, um, just the business models that are out there. We want to be after what the Lord wants. We want to be after what his word says. And when we do this, we're, we're growing into him because there's a, there's a church, there's a body that he's looking for. And the word even speaks about the remnant that's going to be. And I want us to be part of the remnant that stands because the tests are happening right now because Literally, we press on so that we can lay hold of him, grab hold of him. And I've, ta I've taught this before, so I don't really want to go back to it, but it, I feel like I should. I feel like the Lord wants me to. You know, to grumble means to take no thought of God, to complain about your situation and take no thought of God. In other words, have no awareness of God in the situation. So I'm not, when I grumble, when I do that, that's why he doesn't like it when we grumble and when we complain because we are actually considering him, considering ourselves above him and him to be nowhere in the equation. So that's why when we come together and we have situations and we have circumstances, and listen, guys, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. If it was easy, anyone could do it. I'm saying where we're at right now, we've got to understand in this season, in this hour, we want to press on. We press on that we may lay hold of him. We press on. We're not going to allow these things to get us down because we know that God has always made a way. If you read the book of Ruth, one of the things that happens is in Ruth, they actually say, according to Leviticus, they would say, leave a section of the field, right? If you read in Leviticus, everybody loves Leviticus, right? <laughs> I know when I get to Leviticus, I'm like, oh, man. So, but what happens is in Leviticus, it actually says, leave a, a section of field, right? And it says, leave a section of field. And then in Ruth, Boaz said to Ruth, he said, 
you've been good to Naomi. I'm going to let you go. I want you to go and take that section of field so you can gather food there. So what does that point to? That points that he always has made a way for the poor to have provision. That's how good and faithful God is. Does that make sense? That, that, should, that should encourage us. I'm not saying we're poor. I'm saying he's always made a way of provision. If he cares about Ruth and Naomi, that he would write a book about them in the Bible. If he cares about this and how Boaz was the kinsman redeemer and how now Jesus is our kinsman redeemer, if he cares so much about that in the book that he would write about it, then that means that he cares enough about us that he's already made a way for us to have provision in this season and in this time. We just have to have wisdom to know what he wants to do. So that's why we've got to keep pressing on towards the goal of the prize. We've got to keep pressing. You've got to keep moving forward. Becky preached a powerful message there a few weeks ago on wisdom. And in the process, as she talked about in Proverbs chapter 2, and she talked about what wisdom calls for and how wisdom calls from the streets. Wisdom is in the common places. Wisdom being in the common places, we need to realize we need to look for wisdom and we need to say, okay, Lord, what is it you need us to do? And can I tell you some of the most common things you can do when you're in situations and circumstances is to write things down and look at it and say, okay, Lord, this is where it's at. You have to write the vision. The Bible says write the vision, Habakkuk 2, 2. This is really not what I had planned to preach, but we're going to go here anyways. Is everybody okay? Everybody okay? The Bible says in Habakkuk 2 uh, to write the vision, make it plain, so that those who read it may run with it. When you write the vision and you make it plain, what it literally is stating out is it's stating out the, thought, the thoughts and the courses of action. When you write out the problem of what's going on, you've now removed your emotions from it, and now you've placed the problem on a piece of paper. That piece of paper now carries those problems. And now you can look at that piece of paper and say, now what's my course of action? And so what I do what for, for me and for Becky, for what we do, is we will write out the problem, okay, take it, and we take it before the Lord, and then we go to the Scriptures and say, okay, Lord, what do we do here? And we pray, and the Lord's always answered us. And the, prob- and, and the problem with us is that sometimes is that we look at the answer, and we think, well, if we just had a better answer, right? Because the answer is always bringing us into a place to where we're going to grow in Him. If the answer brings us into a place where we're going to grow in Him, that means there's stuff that you're going to do. So, see, Proverbs here, it says, my son, if you receive my words, see, we have to receive it. We have to take it in. He gives us the answer. We have to take it in. If you receive my words and treasure my, my commands within you, that's Proverbs, this is Proverbs 2, 1 and 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. So I'm going to apply my heart to understanding. I'm going to apply what I'm learning so that what I do is I can actually fulfill the, 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 um, um, solve the problem that I have. I want to solve the problem that I have. So what I do is I go before the Lord and I do this. So in the process of that, I'm still pressing on. So the pressing on is sometimes even in the midst of the problem, the solution brings that reward And that reward is what we want. See, the problems presented to us many times are for us to overcome. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So when I overcome by what's going on, I look at this and I can say that the Lord has done this. Only the Lord could do this. 
Only the Lord could be this way. Only the Lord could have done this. So in situations of difficulty, folks, when we look at this and we look at the problems, we look at what's going on in our world, and we say, well, we need to get rid of this, we need to get rid of that. No, no, let's get back to what matters, and let's press on after the Lord. I talked to someone here this past week, and one of the things they made mention to me of was that if, what, if we just got rid of things in politics... I want to tell you something. Politics are going to be around for the rest of our lives. They're not going away. You're not going to get it away. So what has to happen is we have to understand that, folks, we've got to come in and we've got to see it for what it is. Again, I believe we are, we are in the end times. We have been in the end times since Jesus was resurrected, seated down at the right hand of, Father, of the Father. So we've been in the end times for 2,000 years. Praise the Lord. So, But we're in the end times, and what's happening is, is that there's an antichrist spirit that is upon the earth. The Antichrist spirit that is upon the earth is trying to bring destruction. Now, here's the reality of it, is that God's already made a way. Can I tell you what he did? He put the church on the earth. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the stopping point. Nothing gets past you. See, nothing gets past you. Nothing gets, look at your neighbor and say, nothing gets past you. <laughs> See, that might have been a slam back when we were younger, but I mean it for a compliment today. Nothing gets past you. Why? Because you are the stopping point. You're not going to let things happen. Why? So because you've been raised up in him and you're now standing in truth. And as you're standing in truth, you begin to understand, I'm going to come to full age. I'm going to press on. And this is not going to stop me. I'm going to press on. And I'm going to grab a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold for me. I'm going to press on. And as I press on, the blessings of God are going to overtake me. Though the problems may come, I again am going to receive the words that God gives me. I'm going to treasure them up within me, and I'm going to incline my ear to wisdom. I'm going to apply my heart to understanding. I am going to do what the Word says. I'm going to stand in this, and I'm not going to lose the love of God in the process. You know how mad people are today? You know how mad? I mean, you go to a gas station. People are mad. You may say, well, they should be. Now, here's the thing. Don't ever let the price of gas affect your anger or affect your heart. Don't ever let the price of gas affect your heart or your mood because it can be up one day and down the next. Right? It was so funny. When July 4th happened and Sheets said that they were going to lower gas for everybody, they were not going to gouge anyone, everyone's like, woo! And then after July 4th, everyone's like, ah. So what happens is this, is that gas prices affected the mood. But in the church, we're to walk in faith. People say, well, it's not right. Well, no, it's not right. But we're, the Bible says we are to endure hardships as a good soldier. That's what the Bible says. Let, let's read our Bibles. Let's, and I know you do. I'm not saying you don't. Let's read our Bibles, though, and let's really do what they say. Because if we do what it says, we're going to actually fulfill the love of God. And we're not going to let the price of gas affect our love for God or our love for the lost or our love for people. We're going to walk in love. They'll know us by our love. But if the Bible says in the end days, the love of many will grow cold. If the love of many will grow cold and gas prices is part of it, we're in trouble, right? We're in big trouble. So what has to happen is, is that we have to understand in these times, we are to press on. The pressures of the world cannot stop you when you are of a full age, when you're pressing on into God, when you're standing in the liberties that he's given you, when you're standing in the freedom that comes from salvation in Jesus Christ, when you're standing in that, when you're standing in that covenant of, of grace that we have been giving, given, when you're standing in that place, at that point in time, 
That is where we will find the blessings of God. That is where we will be able to walk in the fullness. And that is where we're going to be able to find all the things that God talks about. So here's, let, me, let, me just, let me just throw this out here to us. So Malachi, again, let me read this to us again. Because I want us to really get this. And those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened, to, listened and he heard them. So when everything's going on, see, Proverbs chapter 1 says we have to choose the fear of the Lord. So when I choose to fear the Lord, in other words, he's bigger than the gas prices. He's bigger than the economy. He's bigger than the inflation. God is bigger than all of this. And you may say, well, that's easy to say in here. No, no, it's real. I'm not speaking a bunch of jargon to you. I'm not speaking a bunch of religious mumbo jumbo that has no life and that has no eternal value. I'm speaking eternal words to you. God is bigger than the inflation. God is bigger than the economy. God is bigger than our government. God is bigger than COVID-19. God is bigger than all the sickness and disease. God is still bigger. So when you look to this and when you understand this, when we talk about it, when we, when there, there's conversations that we can have. And we can say, well, the gas prices are going up. Yeah, they are. Praise God, we're in the kingdom. I would rather him remember. I would rather him listen to this. I mean, like, hey, Bill, you know, these gas prices are going up. It took me $120 to fill my tank. Praise God, we're in the kingdom. Praise God, we're still moving forward. Praise God, none of this stops the church. See, I'm not looking at myself individually and saying this is all about me. Because as, as Sarah said, for the longest time, we've made this about us. And the American church has always been about us, been about our entitlement, been about what we're supposed to do. This is about the church, the body of Christ. We are all members of the body. So that means that because we are all members of the body, that means when I look at this and I say, man, we're winning. Do you know that there are 30,000 people saved in China every day? 30,000 people born again in the underground church in China. Do you know that there are multiple, that, 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 that Pakistan right now is literally a hub of salvation, what God is doing. It is amazing what he is, what he is doing and how he is moving on the earth. It is amazing what is taking place in Brazil and how God is continuing to move in Brazil and how those people are continuing to see the goodness of God and that people are getting saved left and right. It is amazing what God is doing in these other countries and how there is still a remnant that still stands. So when I look about this and I look and say, we're part of a bigger picture, then what I began to say is, man, we're, we can't go down. We can't go down at all. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not going down. You're not going down. There's no way you're going down. If God be for you, who can be against you? You're going through. You are going through. And that may mean, well, what's it look like? Well, that may mean you have to walk in faith. That may mean you have to obey the Lord and do the things he says to do. And that may mean it may make you uncomfortable. Praise the Lord, we're all going to grow in this. Right? He's going to complete the good work that he started. Some of us have a little more completion to do. <laughs> right? Some of us are going to go a little further, go a little deeper. Some of us are going to have more things that's going to happen. Some of us are going to require some faith to step into this next time, this next season, so that we're walking in the fullness of God. So I'm pressing on. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm not trying to, 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 to make it uh, an elitist statement. This is not an elitist statement. But I, I'm just saying, I don't know about you, 
but I want to press on after God. I, I, I've, I've been on the other side, and I've been in the world, and I've seen what the world has to offer, and it is like sour grapes to me. There's nothing in the world that I want. There's nothing in the world. I have no other place I can go. You may say, what's well, because you're in ministry? No, I have no other place I can go because only he holds the words to eternal life. Where are we going to go, Lord? Where are we going to go? Only you, his disciples said, only you hold the words of eternal life. Everybody else left him. Do you guys want to leave me too? They said, no, <laughs> you're the only one. That's where we're at right now. There are many who are going to try to compromise Many who are going to give in. We don't condemn them. We pray for them. We don't stab our wounded. We don't kill our wounded. We pray for them. But we are in a place right now, folks, that literally we want to be remembered by God. It's easy to be talk about the Lord in the good times. It's when the seasons of pressure is on us, when the seasons of shaking is on us, let us be remembered then for what we said about the Lord. Let our words be spoken and seasoned with grace so that we can say, man, this is nothing. This is nothing. Think about it. If we go back to all the Bible and we look through the Bible and we find all the times when things happened to the people and there were, there were famines and there were, there were, there were hard times and, 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 and all kinds of political stuff took place, and yet God delivered people out of all that. Think about what God did. Think about how he was merciful in those times when they were stiff-necked. Think about it. Now, let me just say this. I'm not condemning anybody. No one take this as condemnation. I'm just speaking fact. But in the past two years, we've had some stiff necks. Some of our thinking has been thinking that's been entitled and not been according to the word. We've tried to bring the word into our thinking. We got to go to the word and learn how to think. And we got to step into the place where God wants us to be. Because I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Though these things may be happening. Hey, listen. This is just but a vapor. I count it all joy when I fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of my faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. So in my patience, I'm going to speak about the Lord. In my patience, I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. In my patience, I'm going to begin to declare how good He is and how faithful He is, even in the times of difficulty. Praise the Lord. That's what we're called to. Let's go and stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, I pray tonight that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that there would be a strength that would rise up in your people. I pray, Father, that we would stand fast in the liberty. That we would not get into religion. We would not get into the do's and don'ts. But, Father, let us stay in a place of freedom. Let us stay in a place, Lord God, where we walk in the fullness of what you have for us. And, God, let us be found faithful. I pray, God, that our words would be words that would come before you. and You would listen and you would hear what it is we are saying. I pray our words are seasoned with grace and seasoned with salt, Father, that we would be the salt of the earth. I pray that in the times of hardship, in the times of difficulty, God, that we step into a deeper place of understanding than what we've ever known before. God, let our hearts not be hard against you or against your truth, but Father, let us embrace the truth and let us understand, Lord, we were created for such a time as this. I pray that eternity becomes more real than anything else in this time. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and all that the way that you're moving in this earth. And I praise you, Father, for all that you're doing in people's lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed. If you need anything, if you need prayer for anything, come on forward. If not, we will see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. 
If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially, or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.